Earthwise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley with a piece about Aphrodite. As Valentine's Day approaches, many turn to thoughts of romantic love and sexuality. And I can just hear a certain friend saying, There you go again, talking about sex. I thought this was a show about spirituality. To which I reply, Yes, indeed it is. The two are intimately connected. The problem is that our culture has lost our understanding of the connection between sexuality and spirituality. In earlier times, before cultures began to descend into civilization, when our ancestors lived much closer to the earth, they experienced a spiritual as well as physical connection to the earth, and for them there was no separation between the material and the sacred. Everything sacred had physical aspects, and everything physical had sacred aspects, including sex. That is why there were goddesses of sexuality. To engage in sex was to connect with the sacred, and goddesses like Aphrodite enabled this connection. Originally, these goddesses had larger roles in society than just promoting sexuality, showing how sexuality was integrated into all areas of life, from the sacred to the profane. Aphrodite is a good example of this interconnectedness. Most of us know her as the Greek goddess of beauty and sexuality, but Aphrodite was also a sea goddess, a sun goddess, and a goddess of birth and rebirth. Some speculate that the continent of Africa was named for Aphrodite, which suggests that she was originally an earth goddess as well. Her influence spread throughout the Mediterranean, and the island of Cyprus became a major center of her worship. Embracing the sea as well as the land, Aphrodite became known as Mari, the sea, and Stella Maris, the star of the sea. One of her epithets was foam-born. People observed that the churning motion of the ocean waves caused foam to be created, and this was perceived as material evidence of her power to create the substance of the world out of the water of the sea, which was her womb. One of Aphrodite's avatars was the dove, symbol of the ancient bird goddess and the perpetuity of life. It was she who laid the egg which hatched into the bird that laid the egg and so on. But perpetuity was dependent upon a fertilized egg, which was only possible through sexuality. Thus, sexuality was the sacred spark that ignited the next generation. Aphrodite was also a sun goddess. We know this because she was referred to as the brilliant one and the golden one radiating grace. In poetry, she was likened to the beauty of sunlight and the sun's ability to dazzle. She was often depicted holding up a mirror to reflect her beauty. While this gesture is often interpreted as her admiring her sexual allure, the mirror was actually a universal symbol of the sun. And what does the sun bring to mind, if not heat, vitality, and surrendering to the pleasures of the body? It is hard for us to imagine how ancient peoples could view sexuality with such reverence. As the norms of dominator and patriarchal culture began to take hold, a split developed between body and spirit. Spirit rose to the light, bright, lofty realm of the gods while body sank into the heavy, dark, earthy realm of the goddesses. 
Later, early Christians, borrowing the idea that the pleasures of the body distracted people from the salvation of their souls, demonized sexuality and made it shameful. All who were born of woman had original sin. And how were people born? As the result of sexuality. Most of Aphrodite's temples were subsequently destroyed, but Aphrodite's worship continued. She was eventually canonized as Saint Aphrodite to keep her veneration within the church. And to this day, she is still worshipped <clears throat> as a form of the Virgin Mary, <clears throat> Panagia Aphroditessa, all holy Aphrodite, and prayed to for fertility and childbirth. And so may Aphrodite be with you on Valentine's Day and all the days to come. Blessed be. You've been listening to Earthwise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. 